Welcome to Many Talks podcast, talking all business, entrepreneurship, property development, finance, and investments. Okay, Reese Many here, um, podcast host of Many Talks, your host today. I've got a really exciting guest. I know we've had some exciting guests previously, uh, but today we've got an ex Welsh international footballer and a property specialist, Simon Church. Welcome. Thank you. So, guys, the reason that I wanted to bring Simon on today, um, it's a great story. Um, it, it, might, it might not be so great for, for Simon as um, his career comes short as being a professional footballer after representing his country, Wales. Um, but what I wanted to talk about is really, you know, we give a value on this podcast for young entrepreneurs um, and people that are at a crossroads and not really too sure what they're looking to do. I've got a lot of close friends and family that have been in the situation that they've played professionally um, and, and it's come to an end for them. And, you know, they're, they're, at a, they're, they're looking to reach out to somebody and it's, it's hard to find, isn't it? It's so hard. I think, like you're saying there, they started from the age of eight, nine, ten in uh, all they want to be is professional footballers. They've, they've been in the professional uh, environments, going through clubs up to YTS or even your first professional contract. Mm. It's all you know. It's all you know about football. I mean, take my, my personal experience. I went throughout school thinking I'd be a professional footballer. Yeah. I didn't think anything else. I didn't wasn't interested in anything else. I just focused on being a footballer. And I take my brother for example. He he came through the ranks with me at Wickham. He's okay. a year younger than me. And then he, is he still playing? No. At sixteen, no. he he had exactly the same. He was told he, you know he's too got small. Released. He got released, and now he's in banking. And it kind of killed the dream. It's hard, isn't it, it's to, so to come to that? And um, so, you know, we, we talk about that in more detail a bit later, but let's talk about your journeys. You know, you, you mentioned when you was at school there and you, you only ever thought about being a footballer. We've, we've, all, we've all had that dream. And I suppose there's a lot of people listening to the podcast that went through school thinking, I'm going to be a professional footballer. The dedication... Um, because m- what what I like to do and, 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 and the way that we work is, you know, you don't get anything out of life unless you put something in. Um, and hard work, attitude, determination is, is a key fundamental for business and for any successful athlete, in my opinion. So just talk us through your journey. Obviously, when you was young, when you, before you went to school, you was always looking. Um, was you different to other, other kids at school? Um, I think I think in a football sense I was. Um, I did. I probably didn't realise it at the time, mm. but I used to play football quite a lot. Um, I was always told, you know, I was the, I was a better player growing up. Um, at the age of eight, I joined Wickham Wanderers um, School of Excellence, and yeah. then at the age of fourteen, I was actually bought by Reading um, to go and to at go 14? In, at fourteen. Yeah, to okay. go to their academy, and um, as a, as for me at that age. You know, it started to become a bit more real. I was playing, you know, against Colchester away, and the next game I was yeah. playing against uh, for Reading. I was playing against Arsenal at Highbury. Um, as a fourteen-year-old, you know, you get told. But that must blow your you blow your brain a little blow bit. Blow fourteen. Blow your brain, but again, at fourteen years old, all I wanted to do was was be a fo- be a footballer, and I saw I saw a path for me there. Um, school kind of took a, a second step. Yeah. Did, did you did your academic fall back? Yes, it did. Yeah, yeah, it did. I, I would like to say I was, I was in the kind of, you know, I wasn't the cleverest kid, but I was smart enough to be in, you know, a, a good level. Yeah. Um, but certainly my grades and everything slipped. Um, I had to put in a lot of work. My dad 
was uh, taking a lot of time, time off work to take me to football training and I was doing it three times a week and then playing on the weekends so it took a lot of time but I was so dedicated and I think a lot of my friends growing up would, would say the same I, I mm. sacrificed a lot I sacrificed going out sacrificed drinking doing all the things young people do yeah. um, I was going to bed early I was eating the right things and I was so focused on being a footballer I think we were saying before about mm. the focus the determination and and will to succeed. I think I, I gave myself every possible chance of, of making of it. Making it, yeah. And well, that, that's something that you need to do, and that's you know that that is a key fundamental. And as as I always elaborate, and we talk about, that's a, a really good point for any listener to take. You know, determination, attitude, and really what you do outside of that nine to five is really what determines how successful you're going to be. Um, so obviously, fourteen. You're playing for you're playing for Reading uh, against Arsenal at Highbury. Dream come true. What what happened next? Yeah, so I just continued my um, my development uh, through to the youth team. I got offered a, a scholarship, two year scholarship with Reading quite, okay. quite early on. So I knew that I was going to do that. So schoolwork obviously got yeah. put to one side. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just focusing on on getting in. Uh, I had a really good. Um, mentor at the time who was my academy manager okay. helped me helped me massively in in terms of doing things right on the pitch but also yeah. doing things right off the pitch and we stuck to that and it, it gave me a good platform when I was 18 I went I went and got professional games went on loan a few times so when then, did when did you get that mentor because I'm a big believer in mentors um, and I think everybody should have a mentor whether it be their father whether it be an outside influence whoever it is you should most people should have a, a mentor to help them get on that path everybody needs coaching so was it your manager that was your mentor or was it yeah it was it was up to then it was my it was my dad yeah um, he sadly passed away when I was quite young with, okay, with cancer you know. yeah. um, but on that stage uh, my academy manager took over in terms of my football footballing mentor yeah. he taught me you know how to be a man off the pitch and do things right as well as do it do it right on the pitch as well so um, he kind of gave me the opportunity to, when I was 18, to go out on loan. I was playing professional football yeah. in, in League One at the time on, okay. with a few clubs. Um, made my debut for Wales under 21s at 18. Very good. And then um, a year later, I made my, I had a really good spell on loan at Leighton Orient. Okay. Um, came back and played in the playoff semi-final for Reading, and later made my debut for Wales as well. So about 19, 20. And, and so you got your, your first cap with Wells. How, how did that feel, going from obviously playing for their under-21s is a great achievement to actually be in the senior squad? I suppose you thought, you know, your career was made up, you was, you was ready to do big things. Yeah, that's, all the way through my career, I never thought I'd, I'd cracked it, like I've made it. I've always wanted to, to play higher and always wanted to play, you know, the Premier League and the yeah. international football. and. I got that opportunity. I had a good spell with the under twenty under twenty ones. I scored a lot of goals, and then um, I did well on loan. And I got a letter from John Toshak at the time, nice. who, was the, who was the world's manager at twenty years old, and um, he basically said, "I want you to come up and, and and train with us, and I want to give you your debut." So I made my debut um, at twenty years old. Who was that against? It was against Estonia. Okay. Um, did you score? No, 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 I only played 15 minutes. I didn't score many goals. I was a striker. I should have scored a lot more. But um, yeah, I went, I went on to, uh, I played that game and then I managed to solidify my, my position in the first team. I was playing up front with Craig Bellamy a lot. Um, uh, you know, we had some good performances. I scored, I scored against Liverpool. And what, what was like, just, just um, you know, 
being in that environment with international footballers in a change room, being close to them at, at a young age, what did you learn from that? What did you take from that? What was the difference from the mindset of working with them elite players at the top of their, their game, the Craig Bellamy's, mm. um, to the people that you played with day to day? Not taking anything away from them, but you know, you, you, you've got two different calibre of people. Is it a mindset thing? It's, it's definitely a mindset because when you're elite level, yeah. you, you can tell the way they train, the way yeah. they live their lives off the pitch, um, how they carry themselves and the determination to win. Like mm. Craig Bellamy, for example, yeah. he's, he's got a reputation in football, but yeah. he's a winner. Yeah. He's one of the biggest, you know, hardest trainers I've ever seen. He'll go out and work. You know, he's earning, he's had a great career, he's earned whatever he's earned, but he would always work hard on it. Yeah. I respected him massively for that. And it, even the players in the elite, when you make that, that move to international football, and you feel part of it. Your confidence obviously grows when you're accepted, but you have to you have to prove your worth as well. You have to perform. And is it like if you don't perform, they let you know that you haven't performed, so you feel like you have to give more? That's how I visualise it. I visualise you know if you you're in amongst that team and you you're not the weakling, but a problem happens and you're the person that's caused it. You, you're going to be told about yourself to, to pull your socks up. Is, is that really how it is? Yeah, definitely. I, th I think when I made the transition to professional football and certainly international football, mm. um, you, you get told from your manager if you don't perform, you get told from the players. Yeah. But you also get told from the press and the fans. Yeah. Which, <laughs> the is, the, which is the biggest, yeah, which is the biggest thing. And at 19, 20 years old, yeah. um, you know, sometimes I, was, I can remember I was playing games and I didn't have a great game. You never yeah. have a good game all the time. No. And I'd have a look at all the stuff and it was poison. <laughs> I mean, for, tw for a 20-year-old, and it does affect you. And yeah. that's something that you have Is to... sometimes look. better not to look at, at what the press have got to say? Yeah, definitely. You're never going to escape it as, a, no. as someone in, in that position. You're never going to escape it. And people will go out of their way to tell you what they think. Yeah. I mean, I still get it now. I've, I've been retired um, seven, eight months, and I still get people message me <laughs> telling me what I should have what should be doing. Yeah. yeah. What um, you should have done and what you what, what you haven't done exactly. and what you could have done. Yeah. So, that, that, moving on to that, obviously you you've made your maybe you played. How many caps did you get for Wales? I got 38 in the eight. Congratulations, Thank that's you. a great achievement. So from then on, obviously something happened that caused caused you to have to retire an injury. Yeah, it was a it was a big build up. I had it uh, since I can remember, probably probably from about 23 up to um, I played in the Euros with Wales. Yeah. Um, and even then, my, my hip was really struggling. I was taking a lot of painkillers. I was yeah. doing everything I could off the pitch to try and give myself a better opportunity on yeah, it. To, to keep um, and that was an amazing experience. I mean, uh, to, to play in the European Championships, we come through, played in the semi final, we lost to Portugal, who won it. Yeah. Um, it was an incredible experience. And that's, that's yeah. something that, you know, I, I dreamt of as, a, as an eight year old. Yeah. It sounds cheesy, but it's literally. No, it's, it's a lot of people. Well, it's most, yeah. most young kids' dream, isn't it, to play? And Especially against Portugal, the likes of the players that they would have had playing on the day. Yeah, so after, after that, um, I. I did have a long season. We were away for seven seven weeks, so we didn't have the cooling down period or the off season yeah. that a lot of players did. And I got moved to to Holland, and then four games in, I played against Feyenoord away, and I took a shot, and I felt my hip completely go. Um, and then it took me about a year to recover from that. I had surgery, um, and then after that, it was just a case of my body was telling me no yeah. but my mind was telling me I can still do this yeah. yeah and when you get to that elite level and you know what you've been at 
and you know where you're at at that time it's so hard to push through I would have kept going but yeah. the surgeon turned around and said look you need to knock it on so you was advised to stop yeah definitely I've, I've got something well exactly the same as Andy Murray so that he's been told to stop he's, yeah. he's had no choice he's been in yeah, pain for years so I know exactly how, how he's he feeling feels, yeah yeah, and so obviously at that time you, you get that news that you're trying to fight it, you're in pain, but ultimately that dream or that career, because it's a career, it's, it's a job, but ultimately it's, it's a dream of, of most people. So you're living, you're living that dream and it's just stopped just like that. How, how, does, that, how does that make you feel? Like how, how did it make you feel? And if anyone just going through that, at the moment, not just in sport, in, in football or any sport, but you know, there's a lot of people that are in their sector working and they come to that crossroads where it's just, everything comes to an end. How, how do you get over that? What advice could you give to somebody that can relate to that, that feeling? How, how did you get through it emotionally? Uh, to be honest, I had an inkling um, probably about a year before that I probably wouldn't get back to the level that I'd get to, okay. but I'd certainly try and keep going. So I always had a plan of what I wanted to do after. Yeah. Um, but until someone says, "Look, you have to stop," it took. It did take it probably you didn't about. Want it. No, you I just kept didn't pushing want it. and pushing. I kept and pushing. pushing. It probably took a month for me to to get over that. Yeah. Um, you know, with my family, it's all I've ever done since the age of eight. Uh, and you know to be told that you, you can't do this anymore um, and you're basically kicked out so as soon as you leave professional football you're out on your own it's such yeah. a bubble that you don't realize what you're in everything's looked after you're told when to eat when to sleep what to eat yeah where to be what not to do <laughs> and then you come out of it i'm waking up i'm taking the kids to school picking them up i'm thinking i've never done this yeah. like, this is incredible what's, this is what's, new. What's, yeah, yeah what's going on here but i think Taking that after that month, I realised that football has given me such a great platform and a base in terms of mentally de- coping with, you know, the downs and the ups and mm. the changes. We've had to move so many clubs. I've had to move abroad. Yeah, and it just builds builds such a a, a wall against any kind of negative thing. I've got to a stage yeah. where I've dealt with things in, in my personal life and. I, I'm so ready to to, to deal go with forward. anything. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's enabled me to kind of jump into into property which I've always yeah. had a um, you know passion outside of football with but yeah. also business as well we've got a, a lot of other things coming on so exciting it's, it's exciting it's exciting but I feel so many people in professional sport don't have that other thing that other passion that other yeah. interest and when they come out of it you see so many depression rates divorce bankruptcy and it doesn't surprise me because they say there's support but there's, there's, there's not, not there's not so it's about trying to help your business that you set up now is is about not just sports people but it's about helping athletes that are coming to the end of their career um start putting money in areas that can work well for them and is that is that how the business formed is that how yeah investment company come about i mean did you wait you mentioned you had a passion for for property where did that come from? It was actually my my dad. So okay. it, when I when I signed a I signed a five year deal with Reading. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go and buy you know the flash a Lamborghini. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I bought a Range Rover straight away, and uh, I wanted the big flash penthouse yeah. in the middle of town. Yeah, and my cool. dad was like, "No, yeah. we're going to buy uh, a repossession. And we're yeah. going to do a little refurb. You're going to live in it. Yeah. And then you'll move out and 
you've started that way. So he's got you on the path of of using your money wisely. Wisely, and I, which I, is great. I got a real passion for it. I really yeah. enjoyed, you know, doing bits and bobs. I was terrible. I was painting it myself. I was doing all this kind of stuff. But yeah. in the long run, it lasted me ten years. That first property, I've just yeah. sold it now, and it's, I've made a fantastic return. It's given me a great base to, to build off. Then through the years, when I started getting bonuses and things like that, I started building up my your portfolio, my portfolio and, and that's what you're doing now. You're helping people build a portfolio. Um, do better for them so that if these things do arise you know there's always a, a backup plan definitely I, I think a lot of players that come to the end of their career don't have a second source of, of passive income or mm. investments I mean in the football industry we're targeted for bad investments yeah but it's been there's been so many just, horror stories just buy anything basically. buy anything but yeah. as a player when you when you've got a, tr- a so-called trusted person that have that comes to you with this shiny you, investment. You give them a go, don't you? You yeah. don't look into it. You go, okay, that sounds great. And mm. there's so many horror stories that have come from football, and we want to position ourselves to say, look, worst case scenario, if you're not interested in investing in property or whatever, just have a think about after football because once it's gone, it's you're gone. out on your own. No one cares. You've got yeah. to, you've got to put things in place. So I think that's the biggest kind of lesson that we want to put forward to, to people in especially the sports industry yeah well there's, there's some great advice there um, and there's a great story if you was to give advice to um, somebody looking to start in in business from obviously you've started how, how long has your business been running just under uh, a year? yeah it's probably about six months so now. so it's in this infant stage what what advice could you give or what have you gone through that's made you feel uneasy um, or positives that you've had out of putting your business together now what what advice could you give to anybody that's you know sitting there thinking should I or shouldn't I I think the biggest thing is fear Mm. it's fear of what if it doesn't work what if it doesn't I mean football has given me that platform to not fear anything yeah I've exposed myself on the biggest stage yeah loads of people if it doesn't go wrong if it goes wrong so be it I'll move on to the next thing I mean since coming out I've I've gone public with our business we're trying to help we're still in our infancy we're growing I'm learning every day Um, I've also got other business interests we've got a big event that I'm part of uh, at Stamford Bridge in July which is a a football uh, football world congress which I'm involved in again something that I've just gone let's go let's go there's a gap in the market we've got the contacts let's do it so would you say it's about for people that are in business or thinking about getting in business is just taking that first step, believing in yourself. Belief, belief and mindset is the biggest thing to anything. I think once you achieve, believe in yourself, believe that you can do it, put, put the time and the effort and the hard work in. Do the research. Yeah, you're, you're there, you're yeah. there. That's the hardest thing, and then it's taking the step. Yeah, and, and for any young, there's probably more young um, people that are wanting to become footballers, what, what kind of advice could you, you give to them? Look, if I could tell my, myself at 16 years old was to enjoy it more. Yeah. Because I was putting myself under so much pressure yeah. to, to... But I felt like I needed to. Mm. Because you've got to take... You've got to be so dedicated. Well, pressure sometimes is good because it brings the best out of some, depending on what character you exactly, are. Exactly, exactly. You've, you've got to be dedicated. You can't be, you know, think you're going to turn up. Yeah. Um, one day and oh, I'm going to take it a bit easy because it's not like that and you won't get to where you're It's the same as be. business, isn't it? You, exactly. If, you, if you're going to just go through the, the mill, then you're not going to be at your elite. 
Yeah, but I think you've got to enjoy what you're doing. Definitely. And and football, you know, I, I probably stopped enjoying it at the age of 23. It became, you know, this is it. This is, yeah. I've got a family now. I've got two young children. I need to perform to the best of my ability else. I'm not going to give them, you know, yeah. I've got a short window to do as well as I can in my career. Up to then, I loved it. Walking out in front of 20, 30, 40,000 people. What did that feel like? Oh, it's incredible. I mean, the, the best atmosphere been lucky enough to play in some great stadiums yeah. and some great matches played at Wembley and and um, loads of loads of places like Millennium Stadium uh, in front of 70,000 people yeah. and uh, just I bet you that's a buzz isn't it oh in the tunnel um, yeah. before the game you know nerves or it's nerves it's, there's adrenaline Generating there's anxiety um, you know your mind's the biggest thing once yeah. as, as soon as you're on the pitch you can't, hear, you can't hear anyone. Really? You cannot hear anyone. I tell you, the only time I heard something was when I scored against Millwall. And I run, <laughs> <laughs> I run past... I and run that past. wasn't from the Millwall oh, supporters, no. was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only time I heard it. Well, look, it's, it's been a pleasure. We've we've covered quite a bit. We've, we've a bit different from our normal podcast. You know, it is a business-related podcast. Simon has bought out a property company. He's helping um, people get on the property market, in the property market, similar to what we're doing at Hunter Jones. We've had a meeting this morning. We're looking at maybe teaming up and helping each other with some opportunities that we've got. As Simon said throughout the podcast, he's got some exciting stuff coming. Um, We've got some exciting stuff coming as well. We've got more guests coming your way. It's been a pleasure having you on, Simon. Thanks for having me. Any other questions or anything that you'd like to add before we finish up? No, that's it. Thank you. Yeah, no. Lovely. Well, look, um, it's been a pleasure having you on, guys. um, I'll speak to you very soon. Thanks a lot. So for now, what I want to do is thank you for listening. Subscribe. Leave a review. Look forward to speaking to you on the next podcast with some exciting guests coming our way.